Sons and daughters of the living God, how are you? We've grown since last night. It's good. Thanks for coming. Thanks for the music again. We're going to have to do maybe more than three songs. I kind of like that. That's, that's good, good stuff. I have a new one, that middle one. I hadn't heard that one before. Is that pretty new? New to me. It, it, you get my age, everything's new. It's kind of fun. Wow, we better review a little bit. John chapter 4. These are their stories. The woman at the... Wow. You know, we don't know her name. No name. Just has that moniker. The woman at the well. And, and she's known. As soon as you say that, everybody, oh yeah, why not? The woman at the well. Would you like just to have a title given to you instead of your name? She's got a two-year-old granddaughter. She loves to say her name. What's your name? Oh, she'll tell you her full name. You can ask her 10 seconds later, she'll say it just as strong, right? What's your name? I don't know. She rattles it right off. I love it. She's known as the woman at the well. John chapter 4. Remember the controversy is going on. Jesus is having evangelistic meetings with his disciples. They're baptizing people. And the church, quote, the Pharisees are saying, whoa, wait a minute, you can't be doing this. You can't be baptizing more than John the Baptist. And they raise such a ruckus that Jesus and the disciples have to leave. And the Bible, John chapter 4 says, Jesus had to go through Samaria. I'm getting just a little bit of echo. Are you getting that? Too close to me? Okay, thanks. We'll adjust that. These things are fine. Thank you. Uh, had to go through. We learned last night that some of us have to go through stuff to get where we are. Some of us have to go through. And we, we remember from last night that we don't go through alone. Thank you. That, that sounds better to me. We don't go through it alone. Jesus came to go through it with us. I thought about today, into every life some rain must fall. God, it really came down today, didn't it? But into every life some rain will fall. So I'm not a prophet, but let me tell you something. If you think your life is going good right now and everything's fine and hunky-dory and peachy, my word to you is be patient. Because the time is coming. When some difficulty, some pain, some disappointment, some heartache, and you're going to have to go through it. Just remember that we have a Savior that wants to go through it with you. By your side, not leave you alone. That's the kind of God we serve. I, I can trust my life into the hands of that kind of God. No God like our God. to go through Samaria. The sixth hour, which is what time? Yeah, nine o'clock. Somebody keeps saying that. No, it's high noon. High noon. Jesus, weary, tired with his journey, sits by the well. All 12 disciples have gone into town to get groceries, to get some lunch provisions. That's all that was allowed. Jews and Samaritans are at war. 
not with really guns and like we think of war, but they hate each other. They don't want to be seen together. They don't want to speak together. And we're going to find out that the lowest of the low comes like she does every day to the well to get her water. One foot in front of the other, not looking to the right or to the left. She doesn't want to see anybody, hear anybody talk about her. She doesn't want to have any kind of confrontation because she realizes, hey, I'm kind of a disappointment. But this day is going to be different. The woman came to draw her water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. I think, in my mind's eye, you know how we like a story, I think she's startled. Because I don't think she saw him sitting by the well. She didn't expect to see anybody there at noon. Nobody comes at noon to get their water for the day. And Jesus says, what? Give me a drink. Wouldn't have been fun to have a video camera over to the side where you could record the scene as well as the tone of the voice of Jesus. You know, not a demanding, give me a drink. Putting himself in obligation. Lana, give me a drink. My mom would read me this story. She said, now, Kenny, I'm sure the Bible writer meant well, but I think he left out a word. What was that word? Your mom tell you the same thing, didn't she? (laughs) I'm, I'm sure Jesus said, please give me a drink. And I'm so excited. The New Living Testament says, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. I think my mom was almost bored and helped write this one. I I don't know that that's actually there in the original Greek. It's like, give me a drink. Whoa, can you see her head snap back? She's surprised is, is the word the Bible uses. What are you doing? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. A Samaritan what? Lowest of the low. Samaritan woman. Huh? You can't help but be alive in this world today and realize that this whole movement right now about women and women's rights and the offenses that have taken place is really a hot topic, isn't it? The, is it the Me Too movement? Is that what it's officially called? Finally! Maybe that's not the best word. But at least we are recognizing in America the worth of a woman's word. The worth of the, the worth of a woman's testimony. Bible times, the the Samaritan woman was the lowest of the low. She wouldn't engage her in conversation. But especially this woman at the well, she is surprised. What are you doing? Why are you even 
talking to me. Listen. Have you been out here in the hot sun too long? Huh? What is going on? You're not, you're, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going on. You, you don't talk to me. Why would you ask me for a drink? Look at you. You don't even have a cup to drink from. What are you doing out there at the world? Jesus says this. Oh, yeah, I, I'm aware of all the controversies. I, I realize it's not. What's he say? Wow. If you knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask for a drink from me, and I would give you living water. Oh, yeah, mister, you are cooked by the sun. You have been out here way too long. You're not in your right mind. First you asked for a drink from me, and now you're saying if I knew who you were and, and, and I would ask for a drink from you and you'd give me living water? Jesus says, that's right. I'd give you living water. Ever look at water under a microscope? Even tap water? Somebody's shaking your head? Man, there's stuff going on in a glass of water. Have you noticed that? Well, I guess unless you get aqua pure or something out of a bottle, but you look at stuff in the world, there's things moving around. Man, I don't even know all the scientific things that are happening, but man, living water. Awesome. Sir, you don't even have a rope, a bucket, a cup. This well is deep. Why did people love to come to Jacob's well? The well was deep, the water was cool, and it was also maybe a little sweet. You think you're greater than Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you have better water than this? People come from all over to get this water. Jesus says, anybody who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But if you drink of the kind of water that I have, you'll never be thirsty again. And it will bubble up inside of you and flow out into eternal life. So my mom does some, used to do some private duty nursing. She doesn't do it anymore. She'd work for an agency, and she'd be at home, and sometimes the phone would ring, and the agency would say, oh, here's a patient we have, and maybe they uh, have broken limbs or a cancer or some treatment. Can you just go and care for them and take care of them? My mom said she just really loved it because a lot of variety, and she'd take her little bag and stuff and go and care for people. So one day the phone rang, and said, uh, oh, Donna, would, would you go uh, see this lady? And my mom said, well, yeah, I'm free and available. I could go. What, what should I expect? Oh, thank you for going. We just are so glad you were going. Okay, well, what shall I be prepared for? Oh, thank you so much. We're so glad you're go going. Here's the address. Bye. I said, well, that's kind of strange. So she put some things in her bag together, went and knocked on this lady's door. Mom said in all her nursing experience, she really just wasn't prepared. Walked in, into the room, and here was a lady on a uh, hospital gurney-type bed in her living room, pretty much dressed in white gauze bandages from head to toe, just covered in white gauze bandages. 
sweet voice said, please come in. Are you the nurse? Mom said, well, yes, I'm the nurse. And how are you? And he begun a conversation. And my mom says, well, now tell me your story. And the lady says, well, you can see I wear gauze bandages. My mom says, yes, I understand. And she said, well, I have a, a cancer that they're treating with radiation. So that's the most effective way they think they can cure all these cells. She says, unfortunately, the, the radiation is removing the outer layer of my skin. Okay, you with me, folks? Where are all your nerve endings? All over, right? Mom said, how can I best care for you? And the lady says, well, I dry out with what's left. And she said, if you could, could you stay with me a while? The last nurse left, but she couldn't care for me. She said, we, we need to take the gauze bandages off and then you need to put more ointment on. And mom said, I'll do it. And they began a conversation and a relationship that for the next three to four weeks would help kind of save my mom's life a little bit. Mom would take those gauze bandages and gently remove them as carefully as she could. And every once in a while, there'd still be a, a little skin left or something that had dried out. And when she would pull it off, it would pull the last bit of that skin off. And the lady would wince and tighten up. lady would just say, oh, you're doing the best you can. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for staying. And she began this relationship day after day, removing the white gauze bandages, putting new bandages on a new ointment. As they began to share their stories back and forth, my mom's a talker. The lady began to share her experience. Mom said on the phone to me as she's telling me this story, Kenny, Never did I hear a word of discouragement come out of her mouth. I said, wow, that's pretty remarkable. She said, it's incredible. She said she only had praise to God for the life that he had given her. Praise for sending her a Christian nurse to help care for her. Praise to God for her family, whom, by the way, were nowhere to be found. Mom said in those four weeks, lady lived, mom said, I, I never saw any cancer. Only praise from this lady's lips. Mom said the last week of her life, mom would continue to change the bandages and put the ointment on. Mom said, I don't know, understand how all this happens and works. She says, but there were times when I was with her when she would go unconscious a little bit from the pain. And mom said, the first time it happened, it scared me. Because when she went unconscious, she screamed out in pain. But when she came to and was aware of her senses, not one word of pain or disappointment or discouragement. Only praise. And mom's telling me this story and she concludes by saying, Kenny, that lady something on the inside. Yes, she did. You see, it didn't matter what was happening to the outside. 
pain. But, but she had something worse. Jesus said, I give you living water. You're going to take it and have it where? On the outside? No, no. You're going to have it on the inside. And it'll be like a spring bubbling up, overflowing. It can't be stopped. You're going to own it. Like the lady who had all the skin removed from the radiation. Something where? I don't want to rush over this part. Because the more I think about it, the more I think Jesus is telling us one of the great secrets of living the Christian journey. You ready? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you go to church. I'm glad you meet with small groups. I'm glad you do all those things. But people, as long as that's something we do on the outside, on the outside. It's not living water. And the secret to the Christian journey is you got to own it on the inside. Pretty simple. Pretty profound. You want to live a frustrated Christian life? Keep letting all this spiritual stuff, this religious stuff, happen to you on the outside and not affect you on the inside. And it's easy to do. We've got churches full of people like that. And I'm not putting anybody down. But you can come week after week. You can hear the stories. You can hear the testimonies. You can sing the songs. You can play the songs. But if it doesn't change you from the inside out, Live a frustrated Christian life. Just keep letting things happen to you on the outside. Just go to church and say, "Oh, we hope Brother Boren doesn't have the kneeling chair today." Sure hope we sing a song I know. Sure hope the organ doesn't play too loud. Sure hope the praise group. Sister Warble doesn't sing special music. Sure hope the preacher tells me a story that, that keeps my interest. Sure hope he doesn't go too long. Sure hope we get out in time so I can go to my next activity and then, oh, I've had church. And I can wind down all week and come back next week and go through all the motions. It's not going to sustain you. It's not going to get you through. And in the end, and hear me, I'm saying this as well, but in the end when we stand before Jesus, we're going to say, hey, man, I did all these things. Look where I was. Didn't miss a camp meeting. Sang the song. Jesus is going to look at us and say, what? I love you, but, but you don't know me. And I don't know you. So I don't want to be in that. Place. So 
represents his living water where? On the inside. And people, I believe with all my heart that when we own it on the inside, it really doesn't matter what happens to the outside. Because there's no pain, no disappointment, no heartache that you can't go through when you've got it on the inside. Even physically, the old body can give away and you can still have living water on the inside. Jesus gives you that what? Gift. That gift. Man, do you like gifts? guess it's one of my love languages. It doesn't have to be much. But if it's chocolate, it's really good. Right? Christmas with kids is fun. It's usually a time we give gifts. My friend gave you the second one. She loves gifts. I think she just likes opening gifts. Matter of fact, when we're all together at Christmas time, we let her open our gifts. Right? Because she just so gently opens the paper and folds it back and takes takes her time instead of just ripping. And it's like, I don't know if it's that obsessive compulsive, I don't know what it's what it's called, but she just takes her time with the gift. Doesn't matter what's in the box. A couple Christmases ago I sent her five rocks. Rocks. Wrapped them up. Sent them. We called on Christmas Day. She was in Washington State. Pop, pop, thank you for all my gifts. Those are the most beautiful rocks in the whole world. Oh, yeah, they're just rocks. Oh, but they're special rocks because you wrapped them. They're what? Valuable to her because she said, this is a gift. And pop, pop. I love it. Jesus says, I want to give you woman at the well, a gift of what? Living water. Now watch what happens. She's human. Captivated that this Jewish enemy is talking to her. Notice how, look what changes in just a couple verses. Please as I look around, it seems like we've lost the sense of the awesomeness of who God is. Time to be captivated. Almighty God, the creator of the universe, who loves us beyond words, beyond understanding. It's time we recapture a sense of the awesomeness of who God is. That'll change the way we worship. Because little kids, little kids, old kids can understand the awesomeness of God. Not of ourselves, but of who God is. I think when we recapture that sense that we've lost, it'll change the way we worship. It'll change the way we sing. Change the way we pray. Please, sir, give me this water. Uh, She didn't have it all together, 
she falls, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here and get water. Okay, did she have it all together? No. That, you know, that's kind of one of my beefs with the way we approach people coming to Jesus. Now, I want to be careful here. My early training in pastoral ministry and in my classes, with Brian, I don't know some of the others, when Joe, uh, it was like, when people come to know Christ, we need to make sure they know everything. And they get it all together, and they, they, they have it all together. Then we can baptize them, and then they can become Christians. But I'm not sure that's the way it ought to work all the time. Jesus said, go make disciples, and then what? Is that what he said? Go baptize and make disciples, right? In other words, it's kind of a journey, kind of a process. I like to go to a church and see cigarette butts in the parking lot. Tells me people are what? Engaged. They're coming to find something. Maybe they're coming to give up something, too. Don't have to be perfect. This woman didn't have to be perfect and have it all together. Just, okay, Jesus, you've got something I want. Have you ever been around somebody that says, you've got something I want. What is it? I'm traveling across the state. I have to go from Florida to Oregon. I left with my bags. I'm in a car. No socks. I have got no socks. And I stopped at a store. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what store it was. It was a Mason's. And I went in to get, buy a couple pair of socks. I met the sock lady of the year. Okay? This lady knew her socks. She knew men's socks. She knew the brand, the style, what was comfortable, the right combination. She told me I didn't want all cotton. I wanted a combination. Folks, I left with two dozen pair of socks. They were on sale. Okay? Why? Man, this lady was selling something she believed in. Socks! Come on, I just want socks. Two dozen? been around somebody like that? Their enthusiasm, their excitement, what they believe in, it just bubbles up, it flows out of them, doesn't have to be primed, doesn't have to be pumped. It's the same way with worship in our Christian experience. Man, I want to be surrounded by people that love the Lord Jesus Christ. It just kind of bubbles and flows out of them. It doesn't mean everything has to be all right and everything perfect for them to have and know and experience the love of Jesus Christ. It bubbles, it flows Sir, give me this water. Yeah, give me this water. How about for you? You want living water? You want to have something on the inside that will sustain you? Not just satisfy a temporary thirst? You know, I love what Jesus says. You ready? the good news with him. Go get him. You're not going to keep this to yourself. If it's inside, bubbling up and flowing over, you can't contain it. You can't cap it. It's like an artesian well. It's going to flow. It's going to come up. It's going to grow. Hey, go get your husband. We'll share the good news with him. Okay, quiz time. Ready to take a short quiz? Okay, I'm going to ask you to, to raise your hand on, on this one. I, you know, I used to teach for a little while. Joel, I know you teach. Teaching is a challenge sometimes. 
like in Bible class, I can remember even at Mount Pisgah just teaching my heart out and going away and, and, and trying to make a, make a good, valid point and having the kids interested and somebody in the back row raising their hands and go, do we have to know this for the test? Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> Any other questions, right? Like, oh, man, you're missing the whole point. Okay, are you ready? The woman says, I don't have a husband. How many think she's telling the truth? Raise your hand. Raise your neighbor's hand. I like that. <laughs> How many think, okay, hands down. How many think she's telling a lie? How many think this is a trick question and you're just not going to raise your hand? That's why I'm not a good teacher. Go get your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. Jesus says with an exclamation point, you're right. You're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. So you did speak the truth. But folks, what has happened here? What is her story now? How does this Jewish enemy know knows you. He knows your secret things. He knows the things you think nobody else knows about. Jesus knows you. He doesn't cast you away. He doesn't condemn you, as it were. He doesn't make a judgment call on you, as it were. How many of you are still there at the well? How many of you are honest enough to say, you know what, you're right? And we're kind of hard on this woman. I don't know if, maybe she had five husbands that died. Maybe she had five husbands that cast her out because she has no voice. Remember? Sounds like she's living with a man right now that's not her husband. Okay, we, we understand that a little bit, but we don't know all her background. So we kind of judge her a little bit. I have five hundred. Okay, wow. Wait a minute. Jesus knows all about her, and she stands there while Jesus turns the pages of her life. Like what? Let's dive in. You know, I've heard a little bit about, because uh, I, I can, I, well, they don't let me into church, but I can stay out by the wall and, and look through the holes in the wall, and sometimes out where the lepers are, so I can hear what's going on in the synagogue. They don't like me to come in because of 
my reputation. I understand that there's an important place to worship, that, that really when Jesus comes back, he's going to just take care of all these things, but it's most important that we go to the Carolina camp meeting. If we have to go to any of the camp meetings, and that's where we're supposed to be. You, you catch my drift. Well, yeah, you've heard some of that. I understand. And Jesus lets her divert a little bit because I'm sure he knew that was a little uncomfortable to have the pages of her life turned before her. He didn't condemn her. And again, the tone of his voice must have been reassuring because she was marginalized all the time. But Jesus didn't ridicule her. So he says, you know what, you're right. And the time is coming when the Messiah will come. And God's looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. We do pretty good on the truth part. We're we're pretty good on the truth part. Time for us to get caught up on the spirit part. What does it mean to be a worshiper and a a follower of Jesus Christ in 2018? What does it look like? Truth has been with us for a long time. I'm not sure that we've always been caught up in the spirit at the same time. When we're caught up as a worshiper in spirit and in truth, spirit to me is the water on the inside bubbling up and coming out. What would church look like if we came? I was at a, again, I told you I pastored at a large church. We had a game that we could play on on Sabbath. It was fun to go up and watch and look down over in, in the lobby area and watch the sanctified game that we could play. I called it Sabbath Volleyball. You know how that works? Hi, how are you? Hi, 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 how are you doing? Hi, how are you? Hi, how, what do we do? Boom. Hi, how are you? Oh, fine, 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 how are you? Everybody's what? Everybody's fine. Right? And so we hit this volleyball back and forth. Hi, how are you doing? Boom, fine, boom, boom, boom. Guess what? Is everybody fine? No. But let me come up to somebody and say, hi, how you doing? And you go, you're not so good. This is a rough day. I don't even know if I'm going to get through the day. Yeah, you got to see the expression on our faces like, oh, wait. That's not the expected answer. Drop the volleyball, right? Boom. What do we do? Oh, okay. Why do we play that game? Wouldn't it be a, a, a wouldn't church look and feel a lot different? And go, ask the time. I'm not doing so well. <laughs> you know, it's just not been a good day. I've had a rough week, but I'm here. And by the grace of God, maybe today I'll be encouraged. Whoa, thanks for what? Thanks for being honest. Can I, anything I could do to help? Man, I'd much rather have that, even if I don't know how to help. Right? Rather than go, fine, how you doing? Fine, how you doing? Fine, how you doing? It's not so good. Okay, I'll tell you a story probably Wednesday night about an encounter I had when I, I said, I'm not playing verbal volleyball with this guy. Interesting dynamic. But we do that all the time. Jesus says, I'm looking for people to worship me in spirit and in truth. Folks, it's important to believe the right stuff about God. Really important. 
But that one alone isn't what God is looking for. He's looking for the combination. Spirit, life, vitality. What kind of church would you rather go to? What kind of participation would you rather belong with and feel a part of? Just a truth thinking or a spirit thinking or a combination of the two? I answered my own question. I want a combination, right? Spirit and truth. So, who are God's I'm going to have to finish this story tomorrow. Can I do that? Let me close with this. She says, I know the Messiah is coming. Okay, I've heard enough. I know enough truth to know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, she says, and looking right at him, when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. Now watch this. At least according to my study, for the first time in Scripture, Jesus says to the number one disappointment in town, this low Samaritan woman, he looks at her and he says, I am the Messiah. I'm the promised one. I'm the one you've heard about. Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah to the number one disappointment in town. Not at some great big celebration, not at a Passover feast, not when everybody was gathered, not like quoted a big camp meeting, but to one lowly woman, Samaritan, whose name we do not know, he says to her, I am the promised one. I'm the Messiah. And I believe that Jesus wants to reveal himself to you and me today and every day. When we ask for living water, he'll give it to us as a gift. But we have to ask. We have the power of choice. He doesn't pour it on us if we don't want it. <laughs> he doesn't force it down us if we don't want it. He doesn't hook up an IV bottle and give us that liquid. we got to ask for it. But when we ask, he gives it to us as a free gift. There's just no God like our God. Folks, when we have living water on the inside, Jesus will reveal himself to you and to me. Fresh every day. His mercies are new. You can trust your life. You can trust your choices, your decisions, into the hands of that kind of God. So I want to encourage you. Ask for living water. Don't just expect it to happen to you on the outside. Take it in. Let it bubble up. And look forward to what Jesus will reveal in your life. That's my prayer for you.